Hey everyone, we're back with a brand new episode of Unknown Serial Killers. Thank you for tuning in once again, and as always, you're in for a treat. We're here to talk about the weird neighbor who's been standing outside your window for the last hour, just watching you, slowly turn it into the serial killer he is today. As always, viewers' discretion is advised because we'll be talking about murder, violence, and possible drug use. Let's not waste no time and get started. Oscar Ray Bolin was born on January 22, 1962 in Portland, Indiana. His family consisted of laborers and carnival workers who were spread across the multiple states, including Florida, Indiana, Kentucky, and Ohio. His father used to beat him when he was a child, and his mother once walked him to a school bus stop on a leash. Bolin frequently got into trouble with the law during his youth. In 1977, he committed theft in Ohio at the age of 15 and was arrested. He later moved to Florida in the early 1980s and began working as a carnival worker. In 1982, his girlfriend, Cheryl Hefner, told authorities Bowen had kidnapped her and drove her around the Tampa Bay area for hours. He was arrested for false imprisonment, but the charge was dropped. In 1983, the two were married in Hillsborough County, Florida. On January 25, 1986, 25-year-old Natalie Blanche Holly, a night manager at a church's fried chicken restaurant in Tampa, finished work and locked up the store for the night with a colleague. She left the store around 1.30 a.m. and headed to her car. Her body was found hours later by a morning jogger. She had been stabbed to death. Months later, on November 5, 1986, 17-year-old Stephanie Collins, a Chamberlain High School student, disappeared after finishing her shift at a drugstore. One month later, on December 5, 1986, her body was wrapped in sheets and towels. She had been stabbed to death. Her skull was also crushed. The same day Collins' body was found, 26-year-old Terry Lynn Matthews went missing. Her car was found outside a post office with the engine still running. Her body was located later that day in some woods wrapped in a white sheet. Her throat had been cut and she had been bludgeoned. In 1987, Bolin and two other men kidnapped and raped a 20-year-old waitress in Toledo, Ohio. Afterward, Bolin attempted to kill her with a gun, but the gun jammed. He left the woman go along a highway in Pennsylvania. Bolin was captured and was sentenced to 22 to 75 years in prison. In 1989, Hefner divorced Bolin and later remarried. She told her new husband that Bolin had told her about committing multiple murders. Hefner's new husband then called a tip line and implicated Bolin. More witnesses then came out to testify against him, including his younger half-brother and cousin. Hefner testified that she had been with Bolin before he kidnapped Holly and had helped him dispose of some evidence. Bolin's half-brother testified that he watched Bolin beat Matthews and attempted to drown her with the garden hose. Bolin's cousin confessed to aiding Bolin and abducting 30-year-old Deborah Diane Stowe outside a convenience store in Greensville, Texas in 1987. He testified that Bolin had raped and strangled the woman. Texas prosecutors declined to seek an indictment in the case because Bolin was already charged with multiple murders in Florida. Bolin was found guilty and was sentenced to death in July 1991 for the murder of Holly. He was later sentenced to death again for the murder of Collins and received a third, a third death sentence for the murder of Matthews. Bolin was interviewed by WTVT on the day before his execution. 
When talking about his upcoming execution, Boland described it as a relief from his punishment, having been locked up in prison for the past 28 years. Boland was executed by lethal injection at 10.16 p.m. Eastern Time on January 7, 2016. He was the first person to be executed in the United States in 2016. His last meal consisted of a ribeye steak, a baked potato, salad, garlic bread, lemon meringue pie, and Coca-Cola. He declined to make a final statement. Well, for this first one, at least he ate something pretty good before he died. I mean, why die in an empty stomach, right? But anywho, um, if you were his wife for this long, um, why wait until you get remarried to tell your new husband about all the stuff that he told you? This sounds like a lot of he say, she say, but thankful for her new husband coming forward and going to the tip line to tell them what his wife told him. If he never would have did that, I'm pretty sure they wouldn't have connected him to all these murders. Let's continue. Um, we have another one. We have a two-for-one special today, as always, which is always good. Marshall Lee Gore was born on August 17, 1963, in Chicago, Illinois, and grew up in a troubled family. He was the second of five children born to Jimmy Joe Gore and Brandon McCurry Gore. His parents married in Chicago in 1961, where Gore grew up. They later moved to the Miami area. The Gore family frequently got into trouble with the law. Jimmy Joe Gore was arrested on felony charges in three states. Some of Gore's siblings were also arrested for various offenses. Gore was arrested at least eight times for multiple offenses throughout the 1980s in Miami-Dade County, Florida. His parents' marriage fell apart in 1985 due to abuse and violence, with the couple officially getting a divorce in 1987. Gore stayed with his father in Florida and worked as a bouncer at a club his father owned. On January 30th, 1988, 19-year-old Susan Marie Rourke, a Tennessee college student, disappeared. She was last seen alive with Gore leaving a trailer park in Bradley County, Tennessee. Rourke phoned her grandmother and told her she was spending the night with a girlfriend in Cleveland. She said she would be home the following morning in time for church. The following day, Gore murdered her, inflicting trauma to her neck and chest. He then stole her car, a 1986 black Ford Mustang, and dumped her body off a forest road in Columbia County, Florida. On February 14th, he attacked the Miami waitress, raping and stabbing her. The waitress survived the attack, and Gore abandoned the stolen Mustang in Miami, where it was found the same day. On March 11, 1988, 30-year-old Robin Gale Novick at General Motors Credit Service Representative from Laura Hill was working a brief stint moonlighting as a dancer, was seen leaving the parking lot of a tavern in her yellow Corvette. She was spotted leaving with a man who was later identified as Gore. Gore murdered Novak by stabbing her in the chest and tying a belt around her neck. He stole her car and dumped her body in a trash heap near Homestead. According to a medical examiner, the cause of death was mechanically asphyxiate and stab wounds. The time of death was estimated between 9 p.m. and 1 a.m. from the late hours of March 11 to the early hours of March 12. In the early hours of March 12, Gore was spotted driving Novak's car. He abandoned the car hours later in Coral Gibbs, where police found it. Two days later, on March 14th, Gore attacked a third woman. 
He abducted 32-year-old Tina Corliss, a new dancer from Broward. He beat Corliss with a rock, raped her, choked her, stabbed her, then slit her throat with a knife. He left her for dead by the side of the road near to where he had dumped Nova's body. Gore then stole her car and drove off, abducting her two-year-old son, Jimmy, who was still sitting in the back of the vehicle. Corrales survived the attack and alerted the police. After attacking Corrales, Gore fled the state and headed to Georgia, where he left Jimmy, locking him in the pantry of an abandoned barn before heading north towards Kentucky. On March 16th, while police were searching for Jimmy, they came across the body of Novick, who was found near to where Gore had left Corrales. On March 16th, Jimmy was found unharmed. So, I want to just say this woman is definitely a fighter. She was beat with a rock, she was raped, he choked her, he stabbed her, and he slit her throat with a knife, and she still survived her attack. This woman is very brave. She fought because she had a child and she did not want him to grow up with a mom. And I definitely salute this lady for fighting for her life. I'm really glad she did. Gore was tracked to a trailer in Kentucky. He was captured on March 17th, unarmed and without incident. Near to the trailer, police found the stolen car that belonged to Corrales. After he was arrested, Gore was questioned about all three crimes. He initially denied knowing any of the women and tried claiming that he was the biological father of Jimmy. Police showed him photos of Novick's body, which caused his eyes to fill with tears. He then reportedly said, quote, if I did this, I deserve the death penalty, end quote. In April 1988, Columbus County deputies found Rourke's body. At Gore's trial, he chose to represent himself. He was convicted of first-degree murder and armed robbery with a deadly weapon. The jury recommended that Gore be sentenced to death by a unanimous vote. Gore made frequent verbal outbursts during his trial and laughed out loud and howled. In 1998, Gore won a new trial when the Supreme Court of Florida found that the prosecutor had asked him inappropriate questions during his initial trial. In 1999, following a second trial, the juror found him guilty and he was sentenced to death again. In total, he received two death sentences, seven life sentences, and a further 110 years for his other crimes. So at this point, he is basically going to die in it if they didn't give him the death if he would died on his own. Because who's going to survive 110 years for other crimes, two death sentences, and several life sentences? You're not getting out at all. You're not surviving any of that unless you're immortal, and I doubt it. Gore's execution was rescheduled a total of four times in 2013 alone. He was first scheduled to be executed on June 24th, but it was halted because of questions about his sanity. It was rescheduled for July, but halted again due to sanity concerns. Governor Rick Scott then rescheduled the execution for September 10th. However, Florida Attorney General Pam Bondi rescheduled the execution date so she could attend a political fundraiser. She later apologized for her doing so. Scott then rescheduled the execution for October 1st. On October 1st, 2013, Gore was executed via lethal injection at Florida State Prison. His last meal was just a can of Coca-Cola as he rejected his original request 
last meal of sausage and pepperoni pizza. He had no final words. Whew. Well, I know that was definitely a lot to take in. Um, yeah, I just... These these people definitely deserved the death penalty. I know that's not really great to say, but they definitely did deserve that because they're out here killing innocent people who had family, who had kids, and they had people who cared about them and were looking for them. And come to find out, they got kidnapped and ended up missing and got killed by these two cold-hearted men. Well, guys, I definitely appreciate you for tuning in once again this week to talk about some more unknown serial killers. Tune in next week when we uncover some more evil people out in this world. As I always tell you guys, be nice to people, please, because you never know who they killed. See you guys next week.